Hello and welcome to Still Buffering, a cross-generational guide to the culture that made us. I am Riley Smurl. I'm Sydney McRoy. And I'm Taylor Smurl. So uh, do we want to continue talking about guinea pig and cat farts as we were doing immediately <laughs> prior to the no. recording? Or do, do we have not, something else? I, not necessarily. I don't know if I want to forever document about that conversation. Yeah. yeah. All I, I just... I went to go look up the film that we're discussing today on my phone, and I realized the last thing I pulled up was late last night in a half-induced, or a half-melatonin-induced sleep state, uh, I looked up King Guinea Pig's fart because I heard my guinea pigs making noises that sure sounded like farts. (laughs) I didn't know what else they'd be. Is there anything more embarrassing than the last thing you looked at before you went to bed? (laughs) Like Like your last Googles? I can't tell you how many times, like, I've been the next morning at work like in a room with a patient trying to be like serious dr sydney and i'm like let me get my uh because on my phone i have like my med medications apps like a check dosing and things like that and mm-hmm. stuff and let, let me pull this up hold on let me double check the dosing on this and i'll look at my search history and it's like in that moment i'm like i i hope you can't so sense sorry who is sitting across from you yeah <laughs> the d- disaster of a person that's sitting across from you usually mine is just i'm have the horrible habit of spending an entire movie uh, looking up the actors that are in it and where I've seen them before Mm. and all the accuracies and inaccuracies within the movie. Um, But usually that's just what's pulled up on my phone. I know. I know. I suck. I'm the worst. (laughs) (laughs) It's what our dad does too. So I think I just inherited it from him. What is that? What? Okay. Okay. I I know the actors thing, but inaccuracies. Well, it's just like if I'm watching something and they're talking about like, like we just watched Why Women Kill, like the first season of that, which if you don't know, it, it's like four, three different, four different stories of women from like different periods in American uh-huh. history and their husbands and their stories and everything, whatever. It's very good. But one of them is set in like the 40s or something and they were talking about, I don't know, the the laws and the police or whatever. And I was like, could you really do that at that time? I forget exactly what it was about, but I was trying to look Aww. up like, is that accurate? Could you do that then? Or would that be allowed then? So I'll look up like what was going on in america in 1940 whatever 50 whatever curious yeah i i got dad to watch casablanca with me uh a while ago and um classic piece of you know american Mm -hmm. film (laughs) he spent the whole thing uh complaining about how nobody finishes their drinks in any scenes which is true if you watch the movie purely paying attention to how many drinks get unfinished or un or, or not consumed it happens a lot but uh i don't know how you watch that movie and that's your that's your takeaway that's the, that's <laughs> the thing you focus on this is what i've inherited from our father <laughs> like uh, when someone leaves a door open i was watching a scary movie the other night and like there was a suspenseful moment she opens the front door thinking there's someone there and then she turns around and like there's someone inside but she leaves the front door open the whole time and the whole time this intense encounter is happening i'm like but what about the front door it's gonna get so cold <laughs> uh you know what's more exciting is that it's taylor's birthday it is taylor's birthday that is true happy birthday happy birthday thanks it's another one just like the other ones <laughs> just keep they just keep coming and they don't stop coming what's the what's the theme of your birthday uh, I, uh, do be, birthdays have themes? Well, my children always Well, theme their yeah, birthdays. I mean, when you're a kid, you get, like, the, <laughs> the paper plates that match the party hats that match the tablecloth. I, I get that. Mm-hmm. But I don't, mm-hmm. I think at some point, you stop that, right? I mean, you don't have to. I just had a Taylor Swift-themed birthday. That's very so, good. See, look, Riley has themes. Yeah, but it's still kind of, you know, <laughs> quarantine times. So, like, the idea of going to 
the the dollar store and buying some like Spider-Man paper plates and some banners and sitting alone with mm-hmm. my cat. <laughs> so it will be Spider-Man is what you're saying. Uh, well, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> I know, Obviously. I know what it would be. I'm just not indulging myself. Obviously it would be Spider-Man, but well, that I mean Spider-Man's a good theme. That's a that's a great cake opportunity. You could have a little Spider-Man sort of like hanging off the side of it somewhere. Yeah. I like that. Mm-hmm. You have three Spidermans. All at the same time. You know, and yeah. it could be a, a timely That's Spiderman cake. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Maybe, or or you, could, you could work it to get three cakes because mm. you represent the Spider-Verse. Oh. Oh, like a three-tiered cake. Mm-hmm. I love that. There you go. You know, it, it, would, it would be interesting, though, someday if we find out who Spider-Man is. <laughs> Sorry, what? Oh, right, right, right. She's, she's, oh, okay. She's Sorry. doing, a, she's doing a, a, a gag. She's doing a bit. It's yeah. a gag. It's a bit. It's a okay. bit. Maybe someday. Uh, Yeah, I wish we would someday find out who (laughs) Spider-Man is. Taylor, is it you? I mean, I live in New York. (laughs) That's the only requirement. (laughs) And you're the only one who does. Uh, (laughs) I I, I know spiders. I know some spiders. You know them? I know them. you do like spiders a lot. I do. They live. I, I let them live in my house. We have a very mm-hmm. complimentary relationship. You're very strong. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not I think saying we... I am Spider Man, but I'm not saying I'm not. Mm. That's very exciting. Mm. I didn't I'm... know we were related to Spider Man. I know, uh, but I mean, but I don't that. The more you understand about the Spider-Verse, the less exciting that is. Because there's a lot of spider lumpens, you know? Yeah. There's spider... Spiders. <laughs> yeah. There's a spider pig. Many Spider-Men, Spider-Pig, Spider-Gwen, Spider... There's the big the big mean spider, that's Venom, but he's still kind of a spider guy. There's the one who wears sweatpants. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Spider-B Parkerman. <laughs> that's Nick Miller. That is Nick Miller. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Canonically, Nick Miller. Yes. Yes. Uh, obviously, that Spider-Man. This does make sense. Yeah, that's fine. It's no Doctor Strange, though. <laughs> you uh, thing for Benedict Cumberbatch. I do. I do. God help me, I do. To look at the entire MCU and be like, Doctor Strange, though. That's yep. the one. That's a choice, Sid. That is a choice. <laughs> I, I like uh, that he's kind of arrogant. Okay, you Loki know? is right there. Do you like that he's arrogant, but also a doctor? Yes, I like okay. that he's a doctor and he's arrogant. And I don't know. That's it. He can do magic. <laughs> like, that's fun. He does his arm in that big circle and makes <laughs> makes you, takes you to other places. <laughs> no, I mean, I, I definitely, like, I see the appeal of Loki, too. I take Loki over Thor. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Wow. Well, I'm just saying. I mean, I have nothing against Thor. Just like, you know, if we're going to start stacking them all up. <laughs> I, I don't mean, know. I you, Loki I... and Doctor Strange. <laughs> if you're going to start stacking them up, it's probably better to take Loki over Thor. Because I don't think Loki could lift Thor. You'd have to put. <laughs> oh, all these jokes. All we're, these just, jokes. we're just full of it today, aren't we? We're goofs. Hey, I. I donated blood this morning. All right, I'm 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 on my. <laughs> I used up all my A material <laughs> with my A positive blood. <laughs> you you donated blood on your birthday. 
What a what a trooper. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, they give, a real Spider-Man. They give mm-hmm. you a keychain now with your blood type on it as a <laughs> reward. So I have this little... But for me, it feels nice because I'm A-positive. So I have this little keychain that just says A-plus. Oh. And I just feel like I just... I aced having blood today. Mm-hmm. That, yes, I understand that feeling. I've always been very proud of having A-positive blood because I have A-plus blood. Yeah. Best blood. That would, A-plus blood. That would make sense for you to feel mm-hmm. that way. I don't know what kind of blood I have, but I figure it's that kind. A plus blood. Yeah. Could be. I better. I don't want to be the only one with less than superior blood. I don't know mom or dad's blood types. I mean, I could do like some Punnett square action and figure out what they might be. But like, I don't actually know what they well, are. I know how to do a Punnett square. But I don't know what mom and dad's are. <laughs> well, I don't know what theirs are. We could come up with some possibilities. That seems boring. I, I think but I don't know your blood type either. A and O. Because forever I thought I was O because mom told me I was O. And then when I started donating blood, <laughs> they were like, right. no, you're not. <laughs> that, this, feels, yeah. this all feels on brand. <laughs> always like they're like i'm the universal donor i give to all i'm oh and i was like oh, okay that's sure mom that's that's because that's i think that's what mom is i was like yeah you are too oh. like, no i mean but then again maybe she's not actually or is that just what mom says she is too <laughs> <laughs> who knows it's not easy i'll tell who you knows? it's a good reason to go donate blood because then you find out your blood type yeah i have no idea what I mean, it's not it's not like something I've had patients ask me that before. Like, what's my blood type? And I'm like, I don't know. I don't I mean, we could try to find out. But then it's like, I don't know. And this is different country to country in the American medical system to just bill to like I check someone's blood type because they wanted to know. Mm-hmm. I don't know that that would get covered. So you yeah. get a bill for it. Mm. It's a good reason to go donate blood. That's wild. I don't. I feel bad though for the because the keychains don't say like my blood type is this and I donate blood, like they just have the letter on it. <laughs> so what about like the like the B na- like the B people that just have a little B B, na- B minus B minus B minus. I feel, I feel bad for <laughs> them. Me, I'm B minus. <laughs> you know, not bad, not bad. Like not a, bad. a B minus, like fine. not the worst. <laughs> oh, still above average. No. I think that they did clarify something on the keychain there. Just did not make anybody feel bad. We need to talk about your movie, right? Yes. yes. And not blood types. Not bloods. Sorry. No, no more bloods. Um, no, talking- you don't have to be sorry. You gave blood. You're a hero. Spider-Man. Spider-Man. Um, we're also not talking about Spider-Man. Um, we're talking about La La Land. The film. Yes. The musical film. The musical film. Of the year 2016. Starring... Uh, Ryan Gosling and Emma Stone that almost won an Oscar. Almost, (laughs) (laughs) it was one of those Miss Universe moments. Oof, that was rough, man. That was so rough. Yeah, and also the moment where what one of the producers or directors of the film is the one to stand up and be like, "Actually, we did, (laughs) we didn't win. (laughs) It was Moonlight. Oops, oops. Sorry about that. Sorry about it. Um, yeah, it is a very good film, though. It is. It is. I had never seen it. I don't know mm. why. I like musicals, yeah. you know. This one's a very musical musical. I always like Emma Stone. Mm-hmm. I think she's great. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, if you have not seen La La Land, which uh, saying it came out in 2016 and then following that up by saying that was six years ago, that feels bad coming out of my mouth. Um, but it, if you haven't seen it, it's just about Mia and um, Seb. Sebastian. Yes, mm-hmm. Seb who Mia is an aspiring actress and Sebastian wants to be a jazz musician. They both live in LA and they're both trying to be famous and they fall in love. And spoiler alert, then they 
fall out of love kind of and break up yeah so sad yes yeah one of the only love stories to not have the you know well i shouldn't say one of the only one of the only like major big popular love story movies where they don't actually end up together but also they both end up happy question mark yeah i guess that's true because i was gonna say you mentioned casablanca Mm -hmm. yeah gone with the wind Mm -hmm. what's it but but the happiness is a question Yeah. yeah Well, it's it's not like like House of Black. It's like circumstances are why they can't be together. But they love each other. But the circumstances are just wrong. And this movie mm-hmm. was very clear. Like they, they just kind of it was a mutual sad, but a mutual understanding that this is the right thing to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is it is an interesting story to see that that it's like they could have made it work if they really wanted to, but ultimately they decided it wasn't the thing that they wanted. Yeah. Yeah. Um. And it just has great musical numbers. Mm-hmm. Um, I also, I don't know if you all noticed, one of my favorite things about this film is that a lot of the scenes, and especially the musical numbers, are shot in, like, one shot. Hmm. Like, uh, someone in the crowd, when yeah. they're starting, and it's Mia and all her roommates, and they're singing about going out to this party in L.A., and, like, someone mm-hmm. in the crowd could be the one that you need to know to, like, make you famous, basically. Um uh, it's they're moving through their houses they're getting ready and up until like the first half of the song up until they leave their apartment is just one shot like moving through the different rooms and following them around i guess it is it didn't occur to me that it was yeah. at the time but yeah i i really enjoyed that number and I, I that that element of it is so cool uh but also when when she comes back to her apartment and it's just at first it's just her there and she walks through that beautiful apartment and flops down in a room i'm like oh okay impractically large apartment for a a, a out of work actress in LA, and then when like three roommates show up, I'm like oh, all right, yes. okay, <laughs> that's realistic. <laughs> yeah, that makes more sense. Yes. Yeah, um, I love. It's a very visually beautiful movie. Mm-hmm. I was thinking about how often they use like costuming for like solid color, like you know, everybody's sort of like dressed in these blocks of color, mm-hmm. and then that's all interacting in the dance numbers. Yeah, um, I, I find it very visually appealing. Yeah. Those uh those blocks of color, especially in the very opening number, and then again mm-hmm. in someone in the crowd, um, everyone's wearing like one solid yeah. color that is their color, and it just looks looks so good. Well, I don't know how much of this is. It, maybe it's just because of the the sort of tonal shift of the movie, but I felt like it started so high saturation and so like color blocked, and as the movie goes along, as things become a little bit more in the real world it kind Mm -hmm. of desaturates at parts you know yeah Mm -hmm. yeah interesting yeah um, yeah that's that is true yeah i really like that the first color well one of the first you see mia wearing is like first she's wearing like a bright royal blue and then the bright yellow which is like the classic dress from like the poster and everything Mm -hmm. um but then by the end when she does that final audition she's wearing like a very muted blue and then the very last scene you see her in when she sees seb at the club it's black that she's wearing so it's mm. almost like you know it does fade out become less bright less colorful mm. that's so sad though mm-hmm. those colors the subliminal subliminal messages through colors in films it reminded me of um when i made you all read the book weetsy bat mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> why are you laughing what's that look i just remember when you made us read a book yeah it was a short book. And you still made us read a book. <laughs> it's a short book. It's it a good book. You both book. said you liked it. Yeah, but you still you just made us read a book. 
Well, I make us Anyways. read comic books sometimes. Well, that's yeah. more fun. I just, thought, I just thought there were parallels, especially in the book Wheatsy Bath. They talk about making a movie about L.A. Mm-hmm. where, like, it's this sort of dreamscape where it's all, like, you know, candy-colored, like, flashy, beautiful singing and dancing, mm-hmm. like Hollywood. And then you sort of wake up into the reality and, like, at the, in that, the end of the movie's in black and white. Yeah. But, like, you know, same yeah. idea. Yeah, I uh, it makes me wonder how much of it because I mean, I've never been to LA and obviously don't live in LA. Um, it makes me wonder how much of it is accurate in terms of living as like an aspiring actor, actress in LA because there are some things that feel like they must be very like specific events or memories that someone has had. Like when she goes to that casting call mm-hmm. and she walks out of the room after she feels like she bombed the audition and every other girl out there waiting has like the same red hair and is wearing the same exact outfit um, and looks just like her. Like, mm-hmm. I feel like that has to be like a, a realistic scenario um, or like directors just cutting you off after like two words in an audition or something yeah. like that. Yeah, I would think. I mean, I, I think it's very much, you know, you, you see movies where they talk about like, the setting is a character in the film. Mm-hmm. New York is most often the place where they'll say that. Like, mm-hmm. New York is a character. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sex in the City, they keep saying that because everybody's writing articles about Sex in the City again, mm-hmm. you know. And I think that um, that in this one, L.A. is very much a character. It yeah. is part of it. And and I'm sure it's written by people. It's not, it's kind of like a love letter, sort of, like a bittersweet love letter to L.A. Yeah. yeah. And what that is. Yeah, because, I mean, they both start out in jobs that they don't want that aren't what they want to do that don't make them happy and then by the end they're both doing what they wanted to do so i mean they both have found success Mm -hmm. in la and in their fields by the end but also it was not you're right it's like bittersweet like it was sucked for a while but also i you know but that's what happens to everybody goes to la right yep they get famous (laughs) every single live out their dreams (laughs) every single person (laughs) although now i feel like it's more common for the people moving to la it's less of the like Uh, mia types of like wanting to be an actress so you move so you can just start auditioning for things and more of like the influencers that become tiktok famous (laughs) instagram famous and youtube famous that want to move to la so they can all make videos together like that feels like like so many so many 16 17 year olds i see online just moving to la with all their social media money well like all of the uh all the parties that she's going to where they're just all Mm -hmm. these beautiful people in these beautiful houses I think if I didn't have friends that live in LA and are, you know, live that life and they're just normal people, they're like, yeah, that's just what there are always these parties that are usually influencer parties. And, you know, they're very nice and they're very fancy, but they're also just desperate attempts to meet people that can get you somewhere. So it's Mm -hmm. like that part, I think I would have said, no, that can't be what the lifestyle is like. You're at a beautiful pool in the mountains every weekend. Like, no, I guess you are. But just there's an unfortunate wrapping around it of you're desperate for work. Yeah. But can anybody go to those? You gotta know. Like if somebody. you're attractive, yeah, yeah, you gotta if, know somebody. If you know somebody and you're attractive, that was the vibe I got. Like, why are these her and her housemates? Mm-hmm. None of them we are supposed to like believe are particularly ex- successful yet. Mm-hmm. Like they might be later, but right now they're struggling. Mm-hmm. And they get invited to this party, which looks like it's full of rich, famous people. They have they're to know also somebody. they're also very attractive. Yeah. And it seemed like is that is that part of it? I mean probably. Yeah. I don't know. It's just also everyone in this movie is just like conventionally attractive. Yeah. So Well, that's true. It's very it's a yes. I mean Ryan Gosling and Emma Stone are the two main characters. <laughs> <laughs> 
I mean, if Ryan Gosling is your thing, I, I think it's any. any <laughs> I think I'm joking. Ryan Gosling doesn't. I just mean because <laughs> he does a really good job of making you think he's a normal guy until you take a second. You're like, no, 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 he's he's absolutely stunning. Like, because he plays yeah. a lot of roles of these kind of like, he, you know, he's not like the big heroic lead. A lot of times, he's sort of like a an outcast yeah. or a bit of an anti-hero type character but it's like it's still ryan gosling he's still yeah absolutely dreamy <laughs> absolutely yes. yeah even in that scene where they're at that pool party mm-hmm. yeah he's wearing that like 80s jumpsuit type fit with the guitar even then he looks great well and i wonder i wondered if that's why they make him kind of prickly mm-hmm. is like because otherwise this guy would not have trouble succeeding. Right. No, and like, he would not him. be he's, single. He's talented <laughs> and he looks like that. Like, yeah. what, what, what is the deal here? Well, he's very, he's difficult. Well, yeah. <laughs> I love the subtleties of like the, the, the dialogue and specifically with some of the language he uses. He uses a lot of kind of sort of outdated terms, you mm-hmm. know, he kind of speaks like there's a little bit of a nuance of like a, it does feel like a twenties or thirties movie character, you know, like a, mm-hmm. a tough guy. Yes. And I like that they kind of work that in because even though it's set in like modern times, he's still kind of playing that archetype. And to a certain extent, she is too, is this young ingenue, you know, who's kind of starry eyed and dreaming. I also do, though, I was thinking about this while watching it again for this because I've seen this movie so many times. Obviously, this is set in modern day. I just based off the assumption that like there's nothing to suggest that it's not and like the cars that they're driving and stuff mm-hmm. but also technology and stuff does not play like a big role like you don't really see anyone on like an iphone or anything like that mm-hmm. um constantly like it's not a big part of it so i like that it almost feels a little bit timeless like if it weren't for tiny things like the fact that she like i don't know everyone drives a prius mm-hmm. you know like stuff like that right like, it would feel like this could be a story at any time in hollywood but- it did feel weird, though. I, I noticed that, too. It, it stood out to me when she almost stands him up for the movie date. Because mm-hmm. I kept thinking, like, why wouldn't she just text, text him, him. Mm-hmm. and just say, like, listen, my my drab loser boyfriend, yeah. <laughs> who I hate so much, he arranged this dinner. I have to go out with him. But yeah. I'm going to break up with him after. Don't worry. Yeah, <laughs> like, like why, did, yeah, why did they make plans and not exchange phone numbers? Like, why were they not texting beforehand? nobody has ever suffered at a nice dinner as much as she does in that scene no. <laughs> i was thinking like at least eat the di- the dinner looks cool. it looks like they have good food and at she's not paying for it <laughs> it's free good food yeah, you know, there was no subtlety in making sure that those characters at the table were supposed to just come off as awful because like every co- yes. the conversation they're having is just it's not realistic dialogue but i enjoy that like no we really want you to know these people suck yeah, they're ter- don't feel bad for any of them when she runs yep. away. Yep. Man, I forget every time after I watch this that she starts this film with a boyfriend. That's how mm-hmm. like forgettable and awful they make those characters. Is I just completely I forget. I didn't even know when she was first talking about him. Like, who's Greg? <laughs> who's Greg? <laughs> who's Greg? Oh, okay. Just, I get Dandy from American Horror I was Story. Say, oh. Is that Finn Wintrack? Is that his name? When something yes, yes. Uh, he's, a, he's a really good yes. actor and also yeah you know, like very i mean very talented very attractive it's funny watching him play like the the what like the loser boyfriend it's like are you kidding mm-hmm. <laughs> what world are you living in emma stone <laughs> um i want to talk more about why you like this movie so much yes but before we do that let's check the group message 
So my semester has now started again, which means I've gone from having all day to sleep and um, watch Netflix to having significantly less time to sleep and watch Netflix. Um, And one thing I constantly am worried about when getting back from a long day of class is what I'm going to make for dinner to eat. Because usually I don't do a very good job of grocery shopping or keeping track of things I want to make. So I'm very bad at doing all of that. And that is why I use DoorDash so often. Because I let them take care of not just like my next meal, like a dinner every now and then, most of my meals. Um, It is the app that brings you food right to your door. And it's so easy. You just open the app. You choose what you want to eat. Your food will be left safely outside your door with a new contactless delivery drop-off setting, which I think should stay forever. I know this became a big thing with COVID, trying to be safe, you know, limit contact with other people. But I love not having to interact with anyone at any point. Just my phone. They send me a picture of where they left it on my porch. I yell out my doors. They're getting in their car. Thank you. I grab my food and go back inside. And this is a great way to support local restaurants right now. If you're not feeling so comfortable about going out and eating, you can order their food and still support them and eat it in the comfort and safety of your own home. Exactly. So, Tay, if our listeners want to check out DoorDash, what should they do? Well, right now, our listeners can get $5 off their first order of $15 or more and zero delivery fees for the first month when you download the DoorDash app and enter code Buffering. That's $5 off your first order and zero delivery fees for a month when you download the DoorDash app in the App Store and enter code Buffering. Don't forget, that's code Buffering for $5 off your first order with DoorDash. Uh, it has been tough to get motivated, I know, for many of us, especially in the new year, to put on pants every day. Why must mm-hmm. we wear pants when we leave the house? I'd love, I'd like to not wear pants, yes. except I found Beta Brand. And once I found Beta Brand dress pant yoga pants, I no longer mind that we should wear pants when we leave the house. Uh, because they're just that comfortable. They are dress pants, so you look professional. You look put together. You can go to work. You can go to dinner. You can go... Uh, pick up your kid from dance class. Whatever you got to do, you can do it in these dress pants because people will think, man, that looks like somebody who's got their life together. Mm -hmm. But secretly, they have the fit and flexibility of yoga pants. So you feel comfortable. They're soft, they're comfy, they're stretchy, they're wrinkle-free. So you can move in them. You're not itching to get them off. Um, But they look professional. And they have dozens of colors, patterns, cuts, and styles. They've got boot cut, joggers, crops, skinny... Uh, And they have fun, limited-time prints. So if you don't just want something solid, I usually go for solids, wear my patterns up top, my solids on the bottom. But if you like some uh, prints on the bottom, they've got those too. Um, And if all that doesn't sound good enough, there's more. They've got pockets. What? They're machine washable. What? They have yoga denim. Oh, my God. Did you even know there was yoga denim? I didn't know there was. I thought you didn't. There is. It looks like denim. Feels like yoga pants. Is there anything better than that? So, Taylor, if our listeners want to check out Beta Brand Dress Pant Yoga Pants, what should they do? Well, right now, get 30% off your Beta Brand order when you go to betabrand.com slash buffering. That's B-E-T-A brand.com slash buffering for 30% off your order for a limited time. Make sure to use our special URL because it supports our show. Find out why people are buying five different pairs of these pants. Go to betabrand.com slash buffering today for 30% off. So, Riley. Yes. Uh, this was a fun movie. I like the music. I like the dancing. It was mm-hmm. a little sad. Mm-hmm. You know me. I like big happy endings. It was sure. a little sad for me. But overall, really enjoyed it. Why is it so special to you? So, I mean, I love the music. I love a good musical movie, especially musical movies that did not start as a stage musical. 
I know mm-hmm. as a theater kid, that sounds like it should be the opposite, but I am a, of the mindset that we should just leave stage musicals like, you know, most of the time they're better to be left to the stage. Some musical adaptations into movies don't don't go as well. Um, That's true. That's some true. of them are very well done. I wish they could just film them all like they did like with Hamilton. Hamilton. That's and, how I also yeah, feel. I just want to watch that. I want to watch the filmed on the stage version. But I mean, like in the Heights was great. The movie yes. version. Yes. So it's very hit or miss. Um, but I especially like movies that are written to be films that are also musicals because I feel like it, it blends the, you know, bridges the gap between like the world of theater and the world of movies when you can make it one without taking from the other. Mm. Um, but also I like that it at the end. And yes, it is not a big happy ending in the sense that like me and Sebastian end up together. But leading up to the very end of the movie, there's the whole like musical kind of montage of what their life would have been like if they would have mm-hmm. stayed together because they in their relationship after she has this big audition for this big movie role that eventually makes her famous. Um, and then five years later, you see her married and she has a kid and she's successful and he owns the jazz bar that he always wanted to open. But he's also used like the logo and the name that she made for him to title the the bar that he owns. Um, but even though they're not together, like at the end of all of it, even though they could have had this good life together, you see that one of them would have been sacrificing at some point if they wanted that relationship, either he wouldn't have had the time to do all the things he wanted to do, or she wouldn't have had the time to dedicate to her acting career, you know, leaving, living in Paris for months and months to do that movie. And at the end, they're both, they smile at each other. You know, she sees him randomly at his jazz bar and he's playing and she's successful and are they both happy? I think she seems happy. I mean, I don't think you can... I, I don't think it seems like one of those where it's like, oh, she secretly still loves him and she's just with this guy for... I, I don't think so. But then we fantasize about them being together. Well, do we? Or is that just them thinking like, well, we could have, but also would I have everything I have right now? Because that's why... I, I think that's why LA is so... And that's why it's called La La Land. And like, that's why LA is so important because that's why they're both there is to follow the dreams that they want and the career that they want and at the end of it they both have that mm-hmm. um but they're just not together yeah. and i think I, that last sequence it also goes along with him playing like a a, a jazz piece mm-hmm. and sort of plays like there you know he teaches her a real love and respect for jazz which is sort of you know this idea that things are just kind of happening all it's not pre-planned things are just evolving as the song goes along and it becomes something unique and beautiful, but not necessarily what you set out for. Mm-hmm. And so that whole fantasy kind of goes along with that piece that he's playing. Mm-hmm. And then it ends and they're back in, you know, the path that that did work out for them, that where they did end up. Which I think is kind of a cool, like, just, something can be really important to you and move you to a new stage in your life and not necessarily be forever. Not necessarily right. be permanent, you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I just... Their relationship also was less than a year when they use like the seasons to kind of bookmark all the mm-hmm. events. Um, and it's it's one course of seasons, basically, from the time that they meet to the time that they're breaking up. So they didn't have this like super long, intense romance. And he mm. was gone for a lot of it because he was on the road, you know, with sure. the, his group. Um and I, I, I don't know. I like the idea that we can show in movies that you can meet someone and love them and have a good relationship with them and have it not work out, but still be okay. And either for Mia, it was finding someone else and being in love and having her career or for Sebastian, it was, you know, so 
having his club. So if you think, if you would say that a, about a year is not a particularly long relationship, <laughs> then three months, certainly. Wait, this <laughs> if someone were to say, be so devastated oh after a three God. month relationship ended. Oh my God. <laughs> they made a song There are about several it. differences that I'm going to list right now. Several differences. One. Perhaps made a short no, film no, about. Listen. One. We don't know how devastated me and Sebastian were right after that breakup, immediately after, because we see them in their relationship, and the next time we see them is five years later. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Okay? Two, me and Sebastian are both adults in their late 20s. Okay, okay. Taylor Swift was 19. <laughs> when you're 19, you have bigger emotions than when uh, you're in your late 20s, and when you when are in you your- very, inside. When you're in your first, like, it's, real relationship ever, that's very different than if you've been dating people for- a it's long like time human years and dog years yes like, don't don't poke the swifty you know this i know it's too much it was just there's too no fun. need it was too fun sorry uh <laughs> can i tell you though that uh one of my nightmares and i mean i'm not i'm i'm settled i'm not gonna date anybody but it in my dating days, one of my nightmares would would have been someone looking at me and saying, oh, you don't like jazz? Oh, I'm going to teach you to love jazz. Yeah. Sit down and I'm going to play jazz for you. That's like, that's when I run out the door. That's when I go, listen, you seem like an amazing, no matter how great they're, amazing person. If you're going to make me listen to jazz, I'm out. Nothing against you if you love jazz. I just personally don't. Yeah. I feel like that's just one of those opinions that people have because... It's it's a common opinion to have. But have you ever, like, listened to jazz or, like, gone to a club and, like, watched people are you play gonna, it? Are, are you going to try no, to make I'm me not, love jazz? Are you no, Ryan Goslinging it right I'm now? Not, I'm not trying to sell you on jazz. That is definitely, if you like it or you don't, that's fine. But people that have really strong, hateful opinions about jazz, like, I could never. It's like, I, I mean, it's it's just like any other type of music. There's stuff that's really enjoyable. There's stuff that's not there's a lot of really important musicians that that's that was their their format but also if you've ever been to like a good jazz club i don't think it matters what they're playing it's cool like i think it's cool to see people doing that on stage oh i respect the talent and the the ability to do that no i fully recognize that and it is very cool i agree with you it's very cool you know how she says that it she always thought it was a thing you had on in the background Mm mm-hmm for me, it's the opposite. When jazz is playing, it's like somebody's banging pots and pans inside my brain. It's so it right. I, it activates too many neurons at once. It makes me feel like I'm I'm about to freak out or something. It I don't know. There's something about because Justin yeah. used to do that sometimes, and I would find myself sitting there going like, "I'm breathing fast. Why am I freaking out? Why do I feel like I'm about to lose it?" And, and then it would hit me like it's the jazz. The jazz <laughs> is doing it. It does not chill me out. It, it like puts me on edge. It makes me feel like I've got to be doing something. I need to do more. There's too much going on. I think I agree with what you're saying about if a man or anyone would ever say that to me. Well, I'm going to say especially a man because that's a very like male thing to do. Um, but when it if it came to anything like any genre of music, any like genre of film or art or hobby or anything, he is very like mansplaining when they first meet and it's yes, almost like yes. you know yeah. nothing let me talk to you like you are so dumb about jazz and let me teach you everything about it because i know everything and you're going to love it like i just don't like that he he's not i also think that's why it's easy for me to like be okay with them not ending up together is because neither of them are necessarily like 
perfect people and no, neither of them are perfect for each other in a lot of ways. Yeah. Like it's obvious they have many problems. Um, I mean, he is very arrogant and prickly, like you said, and mansplainy. Mm-hmm. Um, she is, I don't know. I, she's not as like flawed of a character and the way mm-hmm. that they paint them out to be, but she also gave up very quickly and just kind of left Yeah, on them and on her career. Um, so I don't know. Neither of them, they're both flawed characters, but especially him. <laughs> I don't know. I think it's just, I, it's like, I enjoy when I think of may, and I think it's just, I do agree. It's just different types of people. Mm-hmm. And, you know, what's a flaw to somebody? Is it to somebody else? But to me, it's like a big important thing in a relationship is I need to tell you obsessively about the thing that I'm super passionate about, but in return, you can tell me about obsessively about the thing you're super yeah. passionate about. And even if I can't love the thing, I'm going to love that passion. So yeah. I think that's the, like, when she loves his, like, his old school jazz, and then when he joins the band that plays, like, weird techno jazz, and she's so kind of offended by it. Mm-hmm. I thought that was realistic, because yeah. she, maybe she didn't actually love the jazz. She loved his passion for it. And she knew him well enough to know, no, 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 that's not what you love. This is the thing you love. Yeah. I don't know the person that's pretending to love this. Right. No, it's like yeah. I I love I don't love cereal the way Justin loves cereal, <laughs> but but I do it's lo- exactly the same. I do love yes. his passion for cereal. No, I I yeah I agree with what you're saying. Like I could listen to someone I care about talk about something they are passionate about all day, but there's a difference between like talking about it because you love talking about it and you just want to share this thing you love with someone else. And I feel like there are moments where his character feels like he feels a duty to like educate her it's not so much him talking about this thing he loves because he loves talking about it it's like you need you need to know about this before we can date that is a very like in in a lot of films that's a kind of a male trope yeah is that like that's why i said men i feel like that is and i'm not saying that that's how guys are but like that has that has been in media for a long time it reminds me of a high fidelity kind of thing Mm -hmm. yeah like as mm-hmm. soon as you start listing the music you like, he's gonna tell you like, oh that's crap. No, here are the ba- here. Yeah, you need to buy this CD and you've got to listen to this and this should be your favorite band. And like that, there was a moment where that was the guy. Yeah. in every film, yeah. um, there's a difference between me talking nonstop about Taylor Swift because I love her and her music, and me sitting you down and saying if you don't love Taylor Swift, you are an idiot. Let me teach yes. you why you're wrong and right. why everything I, you like isn't as good. I I have an appreciation for a lot of different craft beers. <laughs> um, Justin likes wine. I don't. I don't think I'm unsophisticated because I don't. I don't choose wine. And Justin doesn't say to me like, "Oh, you just haven't had the right one. Let me make you try 80 different wines until I, you find them." <laughs> yeah. You know. And I likewise. I don't look at him and say. I'm going to make you try all of my bitter IPAs until you appreciate them like I do. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you're right. Well, it's it's interesting because, you know, he ends up alone, but he has his club. But then his club is kind of the visualization of that because it's a little bit of a museum element inside his club. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I've not been to like a bar that's like also an, a, like a, a, a museum to the thing that it's the. <laughs> yeah. There's this stool and there's a plaque about what it means. <laughs> That's kind of cool, put on the though. headphones for the guided tour yeah. of the jazz club. <laughs> I mean, that might get me in a jazz club. If yeah. it was a museum. I love museums. <laughs> Sydney. 
I don't I don't much care for jazz, but I love museums. And I don't see if you if you like like, jazz, that's fine. This is not like me hating on jazz. It's just not my thing. That's how I also feel about country music. It's just not my thing. Yes. There there are lots of things that are my thing that you might not like. Sure. (laughs) Like you really like museums and Greece too. Now, who doesn't like museums? You I like museums, great. but I'm not I'm not as crazy about museums that I'm going to say that could get me into a jazz club if you made it a museum. <laughs> I want to go to museums about things I'm interested in. <laughs> I'll go to museums about anything. Then I'll then I'll know about it. Then I can tell people about it. I, I just like that in the in the ranking of things that Sydney thinks are cool, jazz clubs are below museums significantly. <laughs> oh yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> Definitely. I, what, I I really I'm, and I'm I'm asking in earnest. When have you been to a jazz club? One time. No, this is true. I have, I have one time. Okay. Yes. I in New York. We were oh. visiting our cousin who lived there at the time, and she worked at a jazz club. Okay. And she took us there. I have not, so I'm not going to make any the, strong comments. The dessert about. I had was delicious. <laughs> and I there it's not go. it's just I just. I don't good dessert or museums will get Sydney and in the I am, of jazz club. I am certain that the jazz was high quality. I have no doubt that it was very like objectively excellent jazz. Mm-hmm. I have no doubt well, about that. And I've got like I should I should also clarify like I don't I'm I'm not going to bat for jazz because I I love it. I just you know I didn't know you love jazz. <laughs> I I I don't love. Tay appreciates I, it as like an art form. I think. Yeah. yeah. Well, I get maybe like I I feel like most things that people are passionate about, there's probably a lot of good reasons. Like in the art world and the you know genres, sure. music, there's reasons that they they are are passionate about yeah. that, and I think that's cool. Even if it's not the thing that you know I I collect or or obsess over, like absolutely. Yeah. No, and I again I do think like I know enough. I I am not a musician. I have attempted to play the piano enough times to know how incredibly talented jazz musicians are mm-hmm. like i mean just amazingly talented i know this is this is always movie magic probably but is ryan gosling actually playing the piano did he I, learn the piano for this i think i read <laughs> let me look that up again it, it seems like the kind of dude that would. i'm pretty it sure, sure he did like learn it. how to play the piano it, it really looks like it like the producer's like no, no no we don't need you to do that he's like but i did though yeah i did yeah he plays all the piano music on screen after intensive training. He learned jazz piano That's in cool. three months. Wow. Wow. In three months? What is this? It, it's funny that, you know, so that you, you feel like the, the ending might be a little sad because, I mean, I, I thought that Emma Stone's character got, I mean, that seemed to be an ending she was happy with. Mm-hmm. But I also thought his ending was pretty awesome. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. I looked at his life. I'm like, I'd take that. You, you own the club you want to own. You've got a beautiful apartment that you make yourself big fancy breakfast in. Mm-hmm. Like, you got a cool car. Yeah. What are you missing? He gets to play jazz, his jazz, whenever he wants at his club. Yeah. But what's... I don't know. I I like that it shows that you can... I love stories. I know, but he loves his work. And he loves the art form. That's what he loves most. And that's what made it so his relationship with Mia wasn't always equals because he loved the jazz as much as he loved her. But now he gets to (laughs) devote his life to the jazz. It's not you, it's the jazz. It's not you, it's the jazz. (laughs) (laughs) I I, I mean, I I don't think it's a sad film. I'm not saying like, oh, it's so sad. I can't watch it. It's heartbreaking. It just, you know. 
I just think it's important that, especially like younger people, I don't mean like like kids, I mean like people around my age, like in your early 20s when you are like dating people and trying to like find the person you want to be with forever. I like that there's representation of stories that don't always end perfectly that make you feel like you have to find that like perfect story with the first, you know, serious relationship you get into when you're in like your 20s. Yeah. I mean, there's there's definitely something to be said that you learn and grow from someone, even if yeah. you don't end up. Exactly. Yeah. Well, I think that's because it's such a common feeling, especially if you get out of a long relationship. Like, oh, that's just I wasted all that time. Mm-hmm. I spent all that time trying to invest in that person. And now they're gone. Like, I'm starting back at zero. And the movie, just as you said, like, it's a good reminder of you, you're not where you started. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. the time spent learning about yourself and how you love and how you are in a relationship. They all lead into your future yeah and they both say i'm always gonna love you they still have love for each other but they don't say i'm always going to be in love with you like they both have acknowledged it like that part of that relationship is over but they're Mm -hmm. always going to like care for that person because they were in their life i like that yeah that's all that's all that's all well well thank you all for watching this movie well it was good i really enjoyed it i don't know why i didn't it would have been, I was thinking about when it came out at the end of 2016, and it probably would have been a nice escape mm-hmm. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> back then. Mm-hmm. I probably needed it then, although it's still a nice escape. I didn't watch it for the first time until like three years after it had come out, to be fair. Mm-hmm. So, um, well, it's a, it's a beautiful movie. It's really, it I mean, the music and the Music's dancing great. and it's, you know, and again, I don't, the ending doesn't ruin it for me. I just... Mm-hmm. I don't know. I know. And all that good jazz music in it. Yeah. Well, and John Legend. Yeah, John Legend. John Legend's I, be, there? Yeah. yeah. To be fair, I thought that the techno jazz was pretty cool. I did too. I would well, I, I would really go to that concert. <laughs> I would see that. That was really good music. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I don't think it's going to turn me around on jazz. That's but. okay. <laughs> but that is not me. I don't want to get a bunch of angry emails from jazz lovers. I hope... I. I am thrilled for you that you like jazz and I hope you continue to enjoy it. Sydney likes Grease too. She cannot criticize any form of art that no. anyone likes. <laughs> no, I mean, we we all have oh. our weird thing. I collect old medicine bottles so, there you know. Hugo. <laughs> I don't think it's not even about criticize. It's like, like what you like. It's fine if you don't like it, but, you know. Let's... Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I have. I'm... It's fine that you like Grease too. That's fine too. Well, you know. That's <laughs> fine. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> um, Sydney, what's next? Uh, that's right. It is my turn. And I decided on something. Uh-huh. And then, okay, now I remembered it again. <laughs> I, I forgot it over the course of our... Of our it, was the, it was even talking about jazz that mixed up my brain. Oh, no. <laughs> Too many neurons so firing. Um, it's, it's like if you like drop like a... Like, you know, if you drop, I don't know, what, like toothpicks in front of a vampire because they have to count things, mm-hmm. you know, it's like a good way to distract a vampire. If you're ever, if Sydney's ever trying to attack you, put on jazz, jazz music. <laughs> Her brain will short circuit and she won't be able it, to function. It does. Well, I mean, it's supposed to be like very stimulating to the brain, like mm-hmm. it, like for like, you know, creativity and stuff. And I mean, it does, it stimulates the heck out of my brain. Um <laughs> <laughs> to the point, I feel like it's going to stimulate the heck out of my brain. It really does. Uh, no, I, I'm going to bring it down a notch. <laughs> oh, uh, several <laughs> notches. Yeah, you can join us in being uh, traumatized by my girl the same way I was as a child. <laughs> Classic children's movie. Yep. Mm-hmm. 
Um, I guess I should put that warning on it. It's sad. It's sad. <laughs> warning. There, it's a, sad. A death occurs. It is sad. Yeah. So I don't know. I, I feel like everybody knows my girl by now. But anyway, it was important to me as a child, which is wild that I watched it and <laughs> repeatedly. Anyway, so that's next week. Well, all right. Thank you. Thank you all. Thank you all. Um, Thank you. You should check out La La Land if you have not. Yes. It's on Hulu. It's beautiful. Singing, dancing, yeah. fun, lovely. Emma Stone, Ryan Gosling. Got it all. How can you go wrong? Uh, thank you um, to our listeners. You should go to MaximumFun.org and check out a lot of great uh, shows that you would enjoy. Um, you can tweet at us at StillBuff. You can email us at StillBuffering.MaximumFun.org. And thank you to the novellas for our theme song, Baby, Change Your Mind. This has been your cross-generational guide to the culture that made us. I am Riley Smurl. I'm Sydney McRoy. And I'm Taylor Smurl. I'm still buffering. And I am too. I'm going to finish my sandwich now. I'm good. I'm glad you get to. I'm very hungry. I'm glad you get to sandwich. Happy birthday, Tay. Happy birthday. Maybe I'll get a sandwich. Ooh. I sent you a sandwich in the mail. Oh, you shouldn't have. You shouldn't have. It's going to be sticky. <laughs> You're in a theater. The lights go down. You're about to get swept up by the characters and all their little details and interpersonal dramas. You look at them and think, that person is so obviously in love with their best friend. Wait, am I in love with my best friend? That character's mom is so overbearing. Why doesn't she just stand up to her? Oh God, do I need to stand up to my own mother? If you've ever recognized yourself in a movie, then join me, Jordan Cruciola, for the podcast Feeling Seen. We've talked to author Susan Orlean on realizing her own marriage was falling apart after watching Adaptation, an adaptation of her own work, and comedian Hari Kondabolu on why Harold and Kumar was a depressingly important movie for Southeast Asians. So join me every Thursday for the Feeling Scene podcast here on Maximum Fun. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.